hosted by Andy Moss. Andy has been in the staffing industry for over 25 years, first as a recruiter, then eventually an account manager and business owner. This is the podcast where we sit down with fellow staffing owners to get the real stories of the successes, the failures, and the lessons learned along the way. like to welcome everybody back to Staffing Stories. I'm your host, Andy Moss, and got a wonderful guest today, Mr. Chris Soon. And he is from the great state of um, Omaha, Nebraska. So, <laughs> Thanks, uh, Andy. Is, I think that's where every medical recruiting and is at. I think it's just the Mecca. There are a lot of us. I can't keep track. I feel like every time I hear a number, just it jumps 10. Yeah, well, you know, Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. That's what we hear from Peyton Manning all the time when he was in Tennessee. So, but uh, I'm glad to have you as a guest and appreciate you wanting to come on and introduce yourself to any of our listeners. Thanks, Sandy. I appreciate you to be on. I'm Chris Sun. I'm president of Unity Med. We are a healthcare staffing, primarily focused in the travel sector. Uh, we specialize, we do hospital nursing. We have allied, multiple allied divisions, specializing in therapy, lab, radiology, cardiopulmonary, and cath lab. And we also uh, work in the long-term care and home health space as well. Okay. One of the things I was researching about you and your kind of mission is uh, more of the outlying hospitals, not just the ones that are in major cities, but more communities that are underserved for the health. Did that just happen? Walk me through that. That's a good question. Uh, as far as does it just happen? A little bit. I mean, rural communities, uh, well, especially well before the pandemic, we saw a surge across the nation, but rural uh, hospitals and healthcare facilities always struggle with staff. Yeah. Um, it's just harder when you're in a community of 800 people and you lose um, an ER nurse or somebody that works in your lab you can try all you want to, to hire somebody, but there's not necessarily another person in that town or even 30 minutes, an hour away to, to grab that position. And so um, I grew up, I live in a small town. I don't live here in Omaha. I live in a small town. My wife works at that, that hospital. And so for us, it is a little bit personal. A lot of our employees have grown up also in these small towns in the Midwest. And you realize um, how important healthcare is, you yeah. don't go there unless you need to, right? And it's at those times you want somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. You, you don't want the the worst of the worst in some of these smaller communities. You, you may have that better. I mean, a, a jack, not a jack of all trades in medical, but I mean, someone that can reach into multi disciplines. Yes, you definitely do. You don't want somebody that just gets started and hasn't done it much. You want somebody that can hit the ground running and that you feel confident putting somebody's life in their hands. So let's, let's get, let's reel it back a little bit. When you started, how'd you get into the recruiting and staffing industry? Great question. Uh, I was in a completely different type of industries and lifestyle and uh, a friend of mine who I often try to get to come over and work for me in different times. I've been in sales, told me I should uh, get into this. 
And I honestly, I, I turned the guy down multiple times for an interview and finally said, it's an hour of your life that you'll, uh, it won't be that big of a deal We you sit down. And I went in and interviewed and I learned a lot more. I didn't yeah. realize as much as I thought I did about what, what it really looks like and what the industry does. And once I realized how big of an impact and difference it could make, um, I went back to my wife. I'm like, you're going to think I'm nuts, but I'm going <laughs> to quit my career to go be a recruiter. So it's, yeah, I started off uh, as a nursing recruiter. Uh, I've had cool. those conversations. It's <laughs> with three, three kids in diapers. Oh, honey, I'm going to start a business. In yeah. That's, that's uh, after I picked myself up off the floor, she agreed to listen to me, but it's, uh, I've, I've been there. It's a, it can be, it was scary. But I think there's also a little bit of like a back against the wall mentality of like you bet on your, yourself a little like uh, we will make this work no matter what. It kind of goes back to that thing you've heard burnt the burn the bridges. You know, it's I took that approach is like there is no going back because there's no bridge back. So we're going to burn everything behind me and we're going to move forward. That's the only direction we can go. So um, at Unimed, I mean, you are really passionate about leadership, development of others, you know, investing in their careers. Is is that something that's always been in your DNA or kind of why is that your mission? That's a great question. I, I can't say that was always in my DNA. I've been lucky to work at really good people around really good people. And uh, the more I had these great opportunities, the more you realize you spend 2000 hours a year of your life working, you know, in this in a company and those people you surround yourself with really can rub off on you, both yep. positively and negatively, depending on what type of people you hang out with. And I realized more and more that you can chase a lot of things. Um, but for me, I learned when you lean into somebody, you help them, you teach them, you train them, you push them to be the best version of themselves. That almost always comes back to you in the sense of a, the most sincere appreciation you can get. And so I tell every new hire, like our goal is two years, maybe it's three years from here. We're at a holiday party and I meet someone that's important to you at that holiday party. And I hope that at that point you guys come up and I've really at that already made a pretty big difference in your life, your, your family's life. And there's in me, for me, no better reward out there than knowing you made that type of impact or difference. Do you, um, as a leader, having special pro, I mean, because this topic of developing others, leading others is something that, all of leaders and staffing struggle with or some are good some are probably saying behind the camera like man what's the secret sauce to that how you know how can i implement something like this in my business what would what would you encourage them to do great question that's a really good question um there's probably two different approaches and i'd say it depends on if they've done nothing at all up to this point on and how comfortable they feel with a variety of uh, leadership topics, yep. like I say. And so if you're comfortable, you could lean in and find out 
okay, for a leadership team or new managers, what do they need? And you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching or a group coaching and make it very specific and relevant uh, to exactly what those hurdles they're facing. Maybe it's having difficult conversations or uncomfortable conversations. Um, and if you know that's a thing, lean into it. Yep. And the other thing you can do though is, and we're currently doing this here, is the other is to pick a, a book or a topic, lean into that book and break it down to chapters and share either a video or maybe it's a, uh, a topics each week. And I think a lot of times people think they need to know all the answers, but if you have a good group of leaders, even if they're newer, mm -hmm. it's really a lot more about asking questions and hearing the responses and opening up ideas and letting the group share with each other uh, what those best practices can be. And usually from those conversations, um, you stem, in my opinion, a lot of light bulb moment growth. Yeah. Well, one thing that, you know, is like, don't start something you can't finish. You know, I know some, you know, leaders want to just, I'm going to do, we're going to change everything. We're going to do all this. And then it all fizzles out. And, you know, that's just, you know, bad. I'm, you know, I've been guilty of that. I will say. So it's like pick one or two things to implement or to try to change. And a lot of it's changing us and our perspective. And then that should trickle down. Um, that's what I found has worked for, you know, me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and it's hard. We have so you wear so many hats and so many things come up and you know, we've started. If I look at the one we're in right now, there's about 20 topics we want to get through and uh, that we're on topic six this week. I know we probably started closer to 10, 11 weeks ago. And there's times we did it and we're like, well, let's do homework. And we get in yeah. conversation. We're like, you know what? We have a lot to do this week. We're going to skip where this comes up. Um, so the reality is I, I, it's hard to, to stay on track no matter what, when you, you're running a place, but well, you, you're running a great business. I mean, you've won every award for best places to work from SIA all the way to everything when I was researching it. So kudos to that. You're doing something right. And I think a lot of us deal with attrition. We're losing recruiters about as fast as we can get them. You know, we can't even get them through six months, eight months, even, even think about promoting them. You know, where are we making mistakes at? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'll say for us, you know, we, we've, uh, I feel like retention's our strong suit over here. Uh, we retain the great people we want to work with every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. We hire yeah. somebody that it's not the right fit. Um, maybe it's us is not a right fit or the industry is not a right fit. We spent a ton of time, tons of time in the interview, the first part of the process we get right now, I think I get 20, 25 people a week that apply to want to be a recruiter here. Very blessed to be in that spot. And our corporate recruiter will talk to the ones that she thinks look like it makes sense for us to talk to. Sometimes you get people that apply and you're like, are you just checking this box to say yeah. somewhere? <laughs> and uh, so there's that. You get yeah. through all that. And then if they 
uh, make it around and make a round with me. I don't do a full interview. I really go, is this the caliber or not before I even send yeah. to a sales leader? Cause I don't want to waste their time. They're busy enough nowadays. By the time it makes it to them though, I always say, if we're going to hire one person on your team, I'm going to give you five. These five are going to be pretty dang good. And it's going to be really hard, but I want you to walk away going, man, but that one. Yeah. Really, really, really without, right? Uh, yeah. And I feel we do that because once they come here, uh, I look at them and I use this analogy a lot as kids, which is wrong to do. But I say you wrap your arms around these employees and you give them everything you got to be successful. Because if you say, oh, they're not doing this or uh, that, I'm going to first look at you as what are you going to do to make it better? Mm-hmm. My own kid did something you know horribly awful. I'm not going to kick him to the curb and fire him. Yeah. I'm not going to send him away. I'm going to do whatever it takes to help them and get them through whatever that may be because I love them and I care about them. Yep. So when we say we're going to hire somebody, we're going to give them that type of attention and care. We're going to do whatever we can to make them the best version and give them what we got. I love that. Let's change, change subjects here. Let's talk technology. What's your philosophy on a lot of the tech that's out there? I mean, how, how does your company evaluate it? Bring it on? Uh, is, do you, do you like some of the things you see out there or not? Absolutely love technology. Um, I'm hoping people are, you should be embracing technology. What I will say is I'm not looking at a whole bunch of robots working around us. Um, don't, don't, and I've seen some pretty impressive things. So who knows, uh, with, with the voice AI, but right now I'm not looking for robots trying to change people's lives. Yeah. With that said, I do want a bunch of Iron Man. And I say that hopefully most people know who Iron Man is, but Iron Man's a regular person and he uses technology to do some really amazing things. And, you know, in his case, faster, stronger. Yeah. Same thing I want. Use technology to make you do things, make it easier for the task at hand, make it quicker or make the task that you're not even doing that task. But the really important stuff, it's your brain, it's your heart in there using that tech and so we are always looking at what tech is out there that is going to make our team a lot more efficient and able to focus on the stuff that matters um and make the other stuff you know leave that to tech yeah i want my recruiters and salespeople engaging with the human but whatever i can help bring them to the conversation or that that's what i like and um Anytime I invest in the recruiter, it's always going to, the benefits always up. Yeah. Good recruiter is going to affect a great sales rep and a great sales rep is going to affect the CEO. It's hard going the other way. So, you know, buying something that helps the CEO doesn't necessarily help the recruiter in the flow down. But uh, I, I build up from that, that side when I, when I buy tech or evaluate tech or look at it. Yes. And it's, all, and it's all expensive these days. And, you know, I was asked the question yesterday is now the time to, you know, invest in technology. And my answer was absolutely. You can really get some good deals right now because, you know, I, 
you, there's never a time you don't. You always look. You always window shop because you don't know what's out there. Hundred um, percent. You said it best. There's smart time to to be looking, evaluating. And once again, if if you're looking at tech, there's different reasons to look at buying something off the shelf or building. If you're buying some off the shelf, it's hopefully either giving you an efficiency or maybe replacing something at hand. Yep. And in those cases, you're likely spending money today yeah. on doing that task. So it's just a matter of, hey, can technology replace what we're already doing and save us money um, by using it? So yep. a lot of time, I mean, some of the tech we've implemented or recently are signing on even as we speak, it's going to be a cost savings to our company because we're adding it. So if I had to sit here and ask you what keeps you up at night in the role that you're in, what would your answer be? Oh, it's a, that's a great question. <laughs> I'm throwing some, I'm throwing some good ones at you today. Yeah. Our, you know, our main focus is on the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, it really is. And so, uh, as much as possible, we want people when they talk to us to be like, man, we're going to go above and beyond. But the reality is we're a young company and there are jobs we don't have. And that's what keeps me up at night. What I don't want is to find the most amazing healthcare professional. They're working with us. They love working with us and they find out they can't go to an area, but we know there's a need there. Yep. And so, it is a constant, what do we have to do? How do we get it? So when we know there's a hospital need and we have a person that goes there, unfortunately, there's things that sometimes get in the way in between there. So what keeps me at night is those things and figure out how are you gonna get through those things so that we can do what we're here to do. Well, you know, you've shared a lot with us today and I really appreciate your time. I'll always, in my conversations with, if you're streaming, a show right now, Netflix, Amazon Prime. What's what's the show on Chris's list? <laughs> it's an old one right now, um, but a, I think a great one. It suits. It suits. <laughs> yes, it I, I, I'm a Suits fan as well. I, you're the first one that said that, and I thought that would be like an overwhelming one in our industry. Yeah, I I ask people all the time because uh, I'll try to do a comparison. Like you watch it, I'm surprised when someone says they haven't. Yeah. I stay up way too late watching a show that's been around for a while, but man, uh, I absolutely love that show. Well, it's uh, that I'm glad someone else has finally said it because I'm, I'm <laughs> a Suits fan. It's a great well, Chris, one. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us on Staffing Stories. And uh, again, thank you and appreciate it. Andy, it's a pleasure being on Staffing Stories. So right. love uh, watching. I love listening to all your guests. So thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the episode. Staffing Stories is brought to you by 3D IQ. We are the future of staffing sales. Our solutions are designed to supercharge your sales and 3X placements, all without ever leaving Bullhorn. Direct market, deliver talent, and drive sales with our all-in-one tool designed for the modern recruiter. Visit 3DIQ.com backslash stories to learn more. Find Staffing Stories on LinkedIn, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts.